Rahmata Talk. Assalamualaikum. Today's episode is sponsored by Quran and Me Journal app, an app to help you get a personal connection with the Quran wherever you are, as long as you have your phone. You can find the app on Android and Apple devices. Thank you to Quran and Me Journal for sponsoring this episode. I'm Summer. I'm Samia. And welcome to our podcast where we put on our Dean filters and question all of the shady things that we have seen. This time, I don't think it's shady that what we saw, but what we heard about it it was kind of something that we had talked about and we knew about but we never really heard other people talking about it and uh i think so much you heard it directly i only heard it from you well the thing is it's not shady in its content but it's shady because of what it reminded me of and the shadiness that we as women muslim women experience so yeah there's a lot of shadiness in there so I think that's enough teasing. Let's get right into it. You watched or watched, you saw, you heard a podcast and it was about a subject which every woman can relate to, especially in our wonderful Islamic community, which is wonderful, except this aspect. You know, what's interesting mm. is that, you know, you said every woman can relate to. Apparently in that podcast episode, I learned that that's not true. Ooh. That experience is not for all Muslim women. I mean, obviously, just think about that, right? Like, we're all over the world. So many different experiences. And so it was really cool. Um, so let's talk about the podcast, right? So the podcast I'm referring to is the Karawiyin podcast. And that is the the recent episode they did with Sheikha Maryam Amir. If you have not been following Sheikha Maryam Amir at this point and you're on Instagram or Facebook, you need to get on there. Like, the things that she talks about is very relevant. And I she's actually making a movement. And what she talks about in the episode is that people are kind of telling her, oh, what are you doing? You're ch- trying to change your religion. And she's like, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm quoting scholars, our earliest scholars that we have, that we all listen to and revere and respect and, and use to formulate all sorts of legislation. She's like, I'm literally quoting them. And people are accusing her of changing their religion like how far away are we from the reality for us to be like not even recognize what the reality is mm-hmm. so we'll link her um information in our description obviously um but and the podcast episode as well so the topic of the podcast was woman and the quran basically one thing that Sheikha Maryam Amir has done is that she's really trying to bring women and the Quran together. And so she has this campaign called Four Mothers right now. She calls it Four Mothers. And that is recitation of Muslim women. They just come on Instagram live with her and three or four of them just come together and they just take turns and they recite the Quran. That's literally all there is to it. But there's so much power behind it. Have you, do you remember growing up and seeing a woman recite the Quran anywhere? Yeah, our grandmother. Our grandmother taught other kids and she would, she would recite and stuff. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, she was like a teacher. And she would teach uh, other kids the Quran and things. And mm-hmm. she would recite. I, I mean, mm-hmm. when you say recite, maybe that's what it is that that's you're That's not what I'm talking to? about. No, okay. I'm not talking about like teaching the Nurani Qaeda, whatever they used to have, you know. 
um, no, like proper recitation on TV and in the public sphere, um, anywhere. I remember, I remember hearing at that time that women shouldn't recite out loud. Yeah, you hear them, you hear nasheeds by women all the time, but you do not hear a woman reciting the Quran. Absolutely. That is true. This episode is brought to you by the Quran and Me Journal app, created by Paradise Pearls and Finder Publications, now available on the App Store and Play Store. If you like to reflect on Allah's words and journal about them, then this app is for you. The Quran and Me Journal app is designed to make journaling on the go very easy. So when you're on a soulful walk or in a taxi or at any random time when an ayah comes to mind, then you can just go into the app and journal your thoughts and even take pictures and capture the moment. This journaling app is designed to aid your journey to keep thinking and reflecting. It helps you to get to know the Quran better and relate to it in a personal way, encouraging you to explore the meanings of the message of the Quran and make connections with it. It also supports you as you reflect, understand, and ponder over the words of Allah, changing your vision of the Quran and improving your relationship with it from being a ritual to becoming a compass to navigating life itself. If you're looking for an inspiring, dare we say therapeutic Quran journaling experience like us, then download the Quran and Me general app, now available on the App Store and Play Store for iOS and Android. So what, there were so many things that she touched on in that episode about this, like how, what really, you know, what really just got to me, obviously, you know, she said that there is one opinion on one instance where a person says that, okay, um, you know, that a woman should not recite. But that is not the predominant opinion that is at times even misunderstood and misapplied. Like there's not like a specific straightforward thing where it says a woman should not recite the Quran in front of men. Like there's not a lot about that. So that's something that we've just allowed to filter through our cultural understandings. And what has happened is, is that it's affected women all over the world. Like so many times, she's described the story. She's like, these are some women that she's listened to where they've come up to her and they said, we stopped reciting the Quran because when we were younger, we loved reciting it. They wanted to recite it. That's what they wanted to do. We want to be reciters of the Quran. And when they reached a certain age, they were told, you can't anymore. You got to shut your mouth. Don't reset the Quran. Like literally they were doing it and they were told not to do it? Well, they were like, you can't do it anymore now. Now wow. the time is over. You can't recite in front of everybody. Unbelievable. So they were like, you know what? We just shut the Quran and we just didn't even read it. They literally didn't read it because of how that made them feel. It's like, just imagine that for a minute. I'm loving doing this. Allah created this so that we can recite it. Gave us the gift of the Quran. But I cannot recite it even though I can recite it beautifully. Like it literally has pushed people away. Astaghfirullah, man. Just I think no about idea. that. Yeah. 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 I just feel like this, you know, not only in the terms of Quran and recitation, but I feel in so many ways, women have been just shoved to the side because of male conveniences. Well, I don't know if this one is male convenience, but it definitely is that no one necessarily viewed from a feminine perspective what does it mean to recite the Quran, you know? Like, is it truly universal which i think it is but men always were looking at it from their perspective and thinking oh it must be a different ruling for women somehow well the host in there actually one of the hosts of the podcast she grew up in malaysia for quite a number of years and they describe other cultures as well where it is common yeah absolutely i actually heard somewhere 
uh, that they used to do when they were young and that's how they do it or something. Maybe you talked to me about it or maybe it was something that we've mentioned in one of our podcasts. But it was uh, a family that when they go on road trips, mm. their kids, uh, they all recite and okay, they have like yeah. a cute little uh, competition maybe or something, you know? Yeah. And that instead of the wheels and the bulls go round and round, they're <laughs> reciting the Quran, which I think is cute. It's a really cute idea. Yeah. And their kids are all girls and they're all doing it of mm. different ages, various uh, various ages. And that's something I believe it was the the vibe I got was that is something they used to do all the time. They're, his wife does it as well. They're in the car and it's just a thing, which makes me realize it is a common thing. I cannot imagine in our culture that being the case. Yeah, in our growing up experience, it has not been the case. And I feel that, I, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I feel I'm too harsh on our culture, but I think a lot of the times it's proper. Like, I don't think I'm I'm exaggerating. No, I think it's just very, very interesting that, like I said earlier, you, um, women do nasheeds. And uh, that was a thing in the beginning. Like, oh, well, you know, you can't, that's not maybe appropriate. Which I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. But again, you never hear a woman recite the Quran. Well, remember, Summer, a woman in Pakistan, when we went back there, you know, 10 years ago or something, the the concept of, of us going for eight prayers in Pakistan was like not even, not, like no one thought about that women can go to the masjid. You know, I, t- I think we talked about it in one of the episodes yeah. before. So, I mean, if you don't have that exposure of the woman doing Muslim things, going to the masjid, reading the Quran in the masjid, doing halakas in the mas- I don't know like there's no such culture that exists then then what's the point of I don't know I just feel really discouraged by that as a woman no absolutely I feel the same way and in in Pakistan you know what we're talking about is old like you said it was over 10 years ago that we last went but the reciting of the Quran on a uh, media level that has not I haven't heard that Oh, yeah. And then the word um, Hafiz, I literally didn't even know there was a word called Hafiza until mm. like just a handful of years ago. Mm. Like, really? Really? And it's such a extolled thing in Pakistan. It really is. Oh, look, mashallah, he is a Hafiz. He knows the Quran. Like, he's memorized it. Cool. Fantastic. There's like a celebration thing. Ooh, can women do that? <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, is there has there been a celebration of a woman who has uh, memorized the Quran? Has you know culturally speaking that we're talking about? I don't think it has. I don't think it's come up. I don't think it happens. And uh, it's one of the things that really upsets me about well, the way that women are treated currently by those uh, who claim to know islam well you know something positive about our dc culture um so another sister was talking about it in her stories one day that there are people who would tell the woman not to become a hafiz or hafiza hafiza i don't know how to say that properly um to become a hafiza because she wasn't needed after she gets married she won't have time She'll be taking care of her husband. She'll be taking over her family. She won't have time to revise the Quran. So, is no point to become a Hafiza. 
And that is something I've never heard in our culture. So I'm like, kudos, Daisies, you got this one right. You never said that to us. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But dang, think about that. But I, I like, get what? it. I get it. No, your purpose in life, like literally your purpose in life is to reproduce and raise children. They made it. That's it. That's what I appreciate that they made it very obvious and very clear. You are here on this earth in our community to do this and nothing else. How, I mean. I appreciate the consistency. I, I wish people would, <laughs> I wish people would really understand like what that does to little girls and older women and everybody else who goes into a space and, and in a space where we should be at, like legislated by by Allah, we should be there and we're told that we can't. Like I, I think I told you about this in the one of the videos I was watching on YouTube, there was scholars speaking with each other and there was a female Sheikha or Ustad, I don't remember, and someone was like, Please remove this sister and, you know, for fear of temptation. Like get a life, bro. Right? The reaction <laughs> the word remove really got me. I'm like, you literally want her to, to be removed. You cannot stand the side of the woman. Oh, by the way, something interesting Sheikh Maryam says in the podcast episode is that, you know, if a, a there's nothing wrong with a man saying that, oh, I like this voice. I like this recitation. It's a woman reciting. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay for him to like the voice. And if he's having a physical reaction to that, like that is a disease in his heart. That is a serious problem, and he needs to deal with that and look away. Like that is a ruling for that. So for a man to say, "Oh, I, this voice is nice. I like a recitation." There's nothing wrong with that inherently. But if you're having a re- you know a reaction from a Quranic recitation, you like have you have so many problems. <laughs> I love that. So many problems, subhanAllah. I love that. And I love that she brought it up and that it's a legitimate ruling. I mean, I mean, isn't it just, it just makes so sense. many things are so common sense it and we really just make does. it so much more complicated than it should be. No, but we all remember, no, woman can't, the, the voice of the woman can't be heard. She can't be loud. Oh, I'm like, get over it. It's the Quran and no. <laughs> well, one of the that, that's that's taken out of context once again, and just used and and used and used to put down women in all the cultures. This one, I really feel that you know, uh, obviously we know that Islam came to elevate women, right? Because because there was an imbalance, so Islam brought balance back into everybody's life. Right. This is how it should be, but it's like somehow somewhere things flipped again, and kind of like what Allah says about you know like the Jewish community. In the Quran, the the children of Israel, I should say, that you know they were going right in the beginning, and then just flipped, you know, went to another direction, and then another prophet had to come and bring them back, and then they went back again. You know, I feel like we're on that trajectory where we have this guidance, we have everything there, but we're like, yeah, but we think women should be like this, so this is how it should be. It's I think the ever present conflict between religion and culture. Not the culture of the religion, <laughs> but or like tradition, maybe is a better word. Mm-hmm. So the contextual tradition of wherever you are is not always aligned with the religion that you are. Straightforward. But I just, I mean, we know this by now. Like, I, I, I hope that all of our listeners right now, like, we know this by now. I know. We know that there is a difference. But what we don't know is what is the difference. Let's define that. Let's let's put that pen to paper, figure that out. Well, it's really 
It's really not that hard. All we have to do is be willing to listen. The women have been speaking for decades. They've been speaking about this, but people have been shutting them up. You don't want to listen to them. Like I told you about one of the places I used to live. They had a very horrible masjid. Talked about it multiple times, and one of the things was they, you know, it was talking about board members, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we cannot have a woman board member because she cannot be in a leadership position according to Islam." So a woman literally had no voice, literally, that could make an impact in the community because of their misunderstood and wrong understanding of what Islam says. Now I'm curious also about Shura. Yes, you know, are women allowed to be in uh, the male person of power within his group of shura? I'm just asking you that so well, you can say it. Well, I don't know about all of that understanding, but didn't we have all these scholars who were learning from female scholars? Didn't we have people or the Sahabis going to Aisha Talanha and the other wives of the Prophet and asking them questions and getting directions and getting all those experiences and opinions? What is that? That's um, a shura. Just the way that you said it, though, I just want to point it out. Aisha Talanha and all the other wives like who are they what are their names they don't exist that's something Be- no that's the really- reason why is because Aisha has had these so much came out of her because yeah. she knew so much yeah that is why the people recognize her a lot more because she was there for the longest time even after he passed on right yeah and so i don't blame anybody for that no i, I oh but you're talking about the wrong. other scholars later on like other female scholars later on no i'm talking about the other wives like people don't know who they are True. They should. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. I don't know all of their names myself. But I agree with you in that it was a shura because they, their wives. So we were watching the, the Umar series and uh, I think we talked about it and we're not going to bring that up again. But we were watching the series and in one of the, the scenes, one of the not even the Muslims, but the other people who were Muslim and then after the death of Muhammad Sallallahu they decided to re-examine whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was listening to this other lady who claimed to be a prophetess and he's like, yo, bro, I know you ain't it and I ain't it. We all know what's the truth here, mm-hmm. but we can benefit. And she said, talk to your wife. Get the counsel of your wife because, you know, whatever, whatever. And it seemed like an interesting thing, like a cultural thing almost. Oh, no. She was, she was being... I know she was being... She was being, yeah. She was being flirtatious and she was challenging his wife. She was putting a mark in their relationship. That was the whole thing. Um, but that that's what I liked about it, though, is that, yes, religiously, historically... They do get actual advice from their wives and they take action based on that advice. It is part of the entire show. Look, man, if, if, anybody, if anybody has any questions about this at this point, like, don't listen to this podcast. Learn something first mm-hmm. and then you can get have our opinions because we have opinions. We don't yeah. have. We don't, we don't have, have facts. 
but you know learn something because if if you're finding yourself offended or upset that a woman is speaking on the podium woman reading the quran a woman is in your space when you're talking i mean that's a huge i've told you about this and i always remember this another experience i had at the masjid i've had several experiences in the masjid where i'm like why are you doing this the other one was they've it's like they've never experienced a woman in the masjid before. They had a very small masjid, not any special. They didn't have any special rooms, but it was like, oh my God, a woman is coming to the Juma prayer. They were very surprised or not anticipating a woman to come, even though there were probably 25 to 30 men in that room. Wow. Yeah. And they didn't know what the heck to do. So they just drew a curtain in the middle of the room because they just what they had for any some a woman might come so let's divide the room completely in half thank you for the equality i guess but like they didn't know what the heck to do they didn't have any direction for the woman to pray so i ended up praying in the wrong direction and i figured out later because i was peering through the curtains because i had this feeling right and i was peering through i'm like wait a minute i think i just pray. and i obviously i prayed the wrong direction this entire time wow so you're like not even not even making it an experience of like i never want to go back to the masjid i never want to do it why would i want to do that when you're not even prepared to have me there, not only to have me there in person, but what does that mean? I don't have a say. I don't have a say in the community. What discussions you have after, what things you decide, oh, let's do this, let's have a Eid party at this time. I'm not present. Like, what's up with that? There was a, a masjid in Washington. Our sister goes there, and uh, it's gotten better. But what they have now is still, uh, I think she does, she's not the most comfortable with what it is, but it is a room for a woman completely separate, completely disconnected, and it's uh, speakers is how they hear the everything that's happening, you know, the khutbah and then the entire. So there's that, but it's a small room, it's on the side, and it's disconnected. Now, there are people who are quite strict, uh, the, I don't know the historical or the scholarly kind of schools of thoughts about it. But based on that, I do believe they decided to split it up in this way. Now, across the street, ironically, the last time we go there, but across the street, there is another masjid, which is very much more uh, relaxed in that sense. They have uh, the woman's side is... They have a complete different entrance, their shoes and their, uh, you know, the, the ablution sites, whatever, is all separate and completely on the opposite side. And so everyone comes in and filters in through the opposite sides of the room. That makes sense. And they do have uh, the room dividers. So it's not the, it's not the really tall room dividers. This is the classic room dividers that you can get from Amazon. And they have those in between the woman and the men, uh, I think like halfway through. So it's not a full partition, but those who would like to have that is there. Those who don't, it's not. But it's not completely separate. People can still, I guess, in some way interact. But, I mean, honestly, it's not really interactive anyways. It's just you're being talked at uh, no matter what anyways. Because I feel a lot of the conversations and the discussions happen off the table or like... After the, the the khutbah or whatever. It's dudes doing it all the time and just telling us, oh, this has happened. Like, what? By the way, something which was really frustrating in uh, when... In Orlando, we used to go to the Al-Maghrib classes there. And the sheikhs would always talk about 
oh, I'm staying at this brother's place or this brother has said, this brother has mentioned or this brother and his family. Where, what if I would like to invite you to my house or, you mm. know? No, for, I mean, fine, I can have my, I can have my husband yeah, do it. Yeah, you get like, have a madam with you. Yeah, exactly. I can have my husband invite you. But at the end of the day, I'm the one who invited you. This sister and her husband, they invite and I went to the sister's house or like her family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe fine, that isn't the place to say it, but it was, we were not part of that conversation. The sisters were not mentioned. It was the brother and his family. The brother has said, the brothers have mm-hmm. told me. We have spent time with brothers and mashallah, the brother and his Mm -hmm. and it's weird like i just want to know that i exist Mm -hmm. you know that people like me exist and we impact your decision making in some way i think one of the things that you're hitting on right now is just that impact of not seeing that many female scholars so if you have a female sheikha which is like hey one al-maghrib class is with the one male teacher the other one with the female teacher the female teacher is going to stay with the females she'll spend time with the females she'll be like let's let's bring that to the same community so you have that same experience like i remember going to another another place where there was a uh, time spent and you know they would hang out with the sheikh after class Yo. they would go bowling they would Yo. go and i'm like wait you know if that's not fair <laughs> i know and if they had like a like it's equal right like have an equal experience so one one time al-maghrib has a male teacher i mean al-maghrib we're just saying that but other times there's a female teacher and one of the things that sheikh, sheikh maria mentions in there is like because of these you know wrong laws that people have created in their lives like women if they are educating themselves in islam if they are sheikhs or ustadas they don't have jobs what would they do afterwards because nobody wants them in these positions but fortunately things are changing like now i see a lot more presence online you know on on youtube where they are and their teachers as well showing up in conferences where there are women there so i'm like okay the change is happening we're seeing more female scholarship, and and which is really wonderful, and it makes a huge difference. And I think that would be an answer to that. I mean, that's one thing. But you know, when we are speaking of minorities and minority rights on the whole, mm-hmm. it has to come from within the majority. This conversation needs to happen from within the majority. In this case, we're talking about men. Mm-hmm. Men need to be talking about women in a normalized fashion, not oh we well we always talk about men today. We're going to dedicate a few hours to talk about a few women in uh, that that we know of etc etc it's a side thing it's a it's a comment it's a dedicated time to talk about this rather than in a normalized fashion this is what we know from her and him this is she who knows things about this and this is he who knows things about this no it's always going to be he 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 they 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 him 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 and then we're going to spend an hour or two or maybe even a day, thanks for the day, that we're going to spend to talk about a woman. It, it, I don't agree with having it being a side thing. It needs to be normalized because we are normal. We are not special. We are not not special. We're just normal. Muslims, Part of the community. Just like everybody else. <laughs> so stop putting us on the side. Stop putting us as an afterthought or a special hour or a special day. We're here all days of the week, all hours of each day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so feel like I all want, of our... I want sheikhs to do that. I want men to do that. Yeah. I feel like all of the discussion when it comes to women just kind of boils down to hijab, no hijab, and that's really it. I feel like this is the most that we get exposure to 
oh what is a hijab topic and then you know all the men are like yeah nodding their heads and stuff yo let me let's talk about menstruation let's talk about that real quick let's Mm -hmm. go there but there are a lot of mashallah women like really taking up space now when that social media is there they're taking up space the teachers and ustadas in our community they're taking up space that's great i just want men to talk about it too yeah but they will right because it's kind of like... Um, they don't even know that it's missing because they're not women and they apparently don't have wives. The One of the women, uh, one of the books that I was reading, he talks about this issue where with Jackie Robinson, the baseball player, uh, he was the first... I'm not... I believe that was Jackie Robinson. He was the first black uh, baseball player. Mm. And he got so much flag for that, obviously, right? Because racism and all that stuff. And so what he said was that if Jackie Robinson had decided that he was not going to take it and that he was going to tell everyone what it is, he was going to like say his opinion when they spit on him. Like, literally, people would spit on his face. And if he was supposed to like do something in return, he wouldn't be who he was and he wouldn't have been able to create the movement that he did. So it's like when we are in a minority in a position, we have to know when is the time to speak up and when is the time to just be quiet. And he had that wisdom. And I think maybe we're at this point where we're now able to say something after this long time. We're able to say something in our day and age. I'm sure women were saying a lot of things before, um, but at one point we were silenced. It's really hard to not get upset about this subject. It's really hard to just stay logical because it is such a personal subject Mm -hmm. and it's happened. I asked a sheikh one time, you know, I am a woman. I would like to study. What's the best way? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do it? And it was kind of a, yeah, good luck, but you really can't though. I'm not playing when I say that. Because you can't travel alone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you serious? Mm -hmm. You're telling a woman that she would like to study Islam and learn her religion better. And you're not even giving her a solution saying, oh, yeah, well, you you can't. You're not even offering anything other than you can't. Oh, you know why Sheikh Maria mentioned that? She was like, I wanted to learn how to recite, to do tajweed properly with the teacher. And she was like, um, there was no female teacher that I could find. If there were, she said there was one, but she was booked. Like, she had no spots because there were so many female wanted to work with her. And she was like, okay, so I went with a male teacher. And that's totally fine, by the way. You can learn from male teachers. Obviously. Obviously. But then the male teacher was like, well, I don't teach female teachers. uh, Females. Females. I don't teach females. But she's like, okay, I understand that. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you have to have an equal and alternative. What is the alternative? In what way can a woman learn if she wants to learn the tajweed? There's nobody else. What have you done? If you are the imam of the community, you're like, I am not going to teach female students. Well, have someone who can. You know? Like, that's your job. That's what you're talking about. You have the position of power. Use it to serve everybody in the community if you have your special reasons not to find. But then, but then not punish everybody else for that. Because it is a punishment. That's what it feels like. It really is. You know, towards, we, we, I think we were talking about it not while we were recording. It was just another conversation that we had. But towards the end of time, their, the religion, Islam will be taken away from the people. There will be no Muslims. One, uh, one uh, sheikh that I had heard, you know, quite a few years back talking about this subject, he brought up the question, well, how do you think that's going to happen? 
what in what way do you think a religion can disappear off of the map and his answer to that was by taking away the scholars by taking away the knowledge mm-hmm. the people who do know of the religion it's a punishment to not know and to be told that you can't mm-hmm. learn about the religion it yeah. is a punishment imagine how much like you know a person desires to do that and it's still right but then they're like oh yeah you can only because you're a woman how does that make any sense yeah and again because if you have problems that you can't control yourself yeah that's a you problem mm-hmm. that sounds like a you personal problem i don't see why anybody else got to suffer cuz you have issues and and that's by the way true for whatever and it, it's not even limited to just you're teaching a woman and you have problems you could be teaching anybody or doing whatever and if you have those thoughts or whatever you problem don't make the other person feel like a feel like a a side character or whatever you want to call it victim or whatever you want to call it don't make them feel that way mm-hmm. because you can't control yourself you know and I'm, and that's like the feminist conversation as well no the, alhamdulillah i think we're so fortunate at this time because we have access to knowing that hey that is the wrong opinion or that is a wrong action like yeah imagine all the women who went through and they probably could have contributed so much to the ummah but they were told they can't because they were women and you know this is a conversation beyond just islam but especially in islam is more hurtful because you want to learn more and you're mm-hmm. being told you can't you want to i don't think i have ever heard a sheikh talk about menstruation yet like are you serious you know at this all Honestly, the topics that have been covered like, there is really? this account on instagram she calls herself the village auntie and she made a video finally as an adult like what does the menstruation mean when is it that's a real thing starts when is it ending and i saw that and i was like oh my god i have never literally ever been told this you know yeah. and just to think about that for a minute how much we don't know because yeah. nobody told us yeah and and don't say oh because we don't like to talk about that kind of thing i think we've heard about um uh copulation in the ways of what's appropriate or what's not whatever we've been told that but that been, was a fantastic opportunity look, to talk about this as well i feel that those conversations are also very male centric uh, that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> because as this it's the same thing that is literally the next subject well well what about menstruation can you can you not but let's define what menstruation is no that was not done there was a whole class about it and no one talked about that really yeah you're telling me that's not me i mean that is clearly male centric and it was a problematic left more questions from the woman's end rather than uh, answers honestly yeah I just I don't know. I mean there's a lot of frustration involved with that because you can feel the injustice is clear. You know, there's no questions about it. And I think that's why we get so riled up talking about it. And what's really sad is because when a woman does start talking about it, she gets accused of like western feminism and saying that oh you just want this because xyz and and obviously you know the feminism movements that is going on and and you know it's questionable whatever i understand that but you know if you're going to you better be sure that what you're criticizing 
is something worth criticizing. Because if you're criticizing someone's right, you are like hampering someone's right. You know, like they cannot do the things that they should be doing. Like that's a huge problem. Don't take it lightly. And you're just sitting here criticizing a woman who says, oh yeah, I think we should be able to read the Quran in public. Oh my God, feminism, y'all. Dude, you are taking someone's rights away. Dude, it's a not, huge problem. Not even that. If there's a woman MC at any event in any way, oh my God, why? Women shouldn't be on the stage mm-hmm. in any way. Bro, she's covered head to toe. She's not talking about whatever. She's talking about a relevant something. Dude, no, it's not even. She doesn't have to. Whatever. Okay, like, whatever no, to that I one. I know, I know. You're not wearing a thobe either, and I don't see your ankles. Right? Nor, where's Honestly, your beard? Honestly, subhanAllah, so. one of our messages um, on Instagram, you know, showing Taraweeh time, and I was, they were showing the brother aside, and I was like, subhanAllah, y'all need to know how to cover your aura. Just wearing a jean in itself doesn't cover you. <laughs> Just like if, if I a, was to wear a jean by itself, it doesn't cover me. If it's a sticky jean, you gotta yes. question yourself. Some of these brothers are like not knowing anything and they're praying. And I'm like, come on. I understand if you're new and whatever, I get that. But that's but like that happens rarely, right? I just want but, I just want a brother to get on stage just <laughs> so I can say, Brother, I don't think you should be on stage because you're you don't have a beard and you're misrepresenting Islam for those know, who don't know. Seriously, subhanAllah, some brothers have been told that. And Alhamdulillah. No, and it is no, it has been unjust because it they not, were knowledgeable. No, it is not right, and I don't agree with yeah. it. But for the you sake of the validated. equality, <laughs> for the sake of equality, because women have, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to a, a masjid where they were talking about doing khutbas, and they kind of divided it among students that were present there and scholars as well. So that one day, the student was going to do the khutbah, and he was black. Community didn't like it. Are you kidding me? There were some people saying having all these different reasons to not to have him there. Question your life. And they never said anything that, oh, we can't because he's black, right? They were going to say that. But he said that himself. Good. They were like, what, what, it was like why, why do you think that happened? Yeah. I mean, subhanAllah, like, uh, you know, the injustice, this is how I seriously feel in all aspects of life. If a person has a disease in their heart like that, injustice or something like that, in one aspect of their life, it's not only apparent there, it's everywhere. They're not going to be racist in one setting and not be racist in the other setting. You're always going to be racist. They're not going to subjugate women in one setting. They're going to subjugate them in all settings. Yeah, I feel bad for their wives and kids. Yeah. And, and mothers and sisters. I mean, subhanAllah, I mean, you have, it's, it's a cycle. It just never ends. The cycle never ends because they're women who should know better, who have these awful people they're with, but they're stuck and they will teach that to their children. They will teach that to their children. So anyways, the reason how we can get out of this, I feel, is, you know, kudos to Sheikh Maryam. Like, I seriously make so much dua for her because I didn't know the things that she's talking about because I grew up hearing all those things that a woman shouldn't, 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 shouldn't. And it was all wrong. Mm. And there she is. She's like, hey, by the way, you can and it's like, what? You just have this, like, knowledge is power. And you have to know what your rights are, what you can do. And if someone is saying something they shouldn't say, you should be like, hey, um, you're wrong. You like, know? literally. That's not true because you know the knowledge. You've been learned. And but, but they won't listen to you because, oh, you're a woman. Doesn't matter. But the culture saying. is changing and we have to keep on pushing that. You know, it was really interesting, too. A lot of the sheikhs, they know these things. Sheikhs know 
they know mm-hmm. the truth they really do and so i'm not saying that they don't know those the learned people truly understand the value of women and the place of women in islam because my, they're reading all about them exactly. throughout their studies exactly my qualms are really f- with the public the people who think they know and then they are very vocal oh and God. then they don't know and and yet they think that they can be vocal it is not your place uncle no matter what your age is and no matter what you think you know mm-hmm. to question a sheikh on the stage on mm-hmm. his decision and on his verbiage and his words about a subject that he knows more about that you might think you know more about but yeah. he knows more about it that is a really big issue that you brought up because that's the issue the sheikhs that you mentioned and mariam sheikh mariam mentioned in the podcast as well she's like you know um they knew they were like urging me hey you need to read the quran in public you recite the quran let people know that a woman can you know but but they were like the public is not ready and it's like wait you have this space where you know this is right but the public is going to be causing problems so a person and she was like i waited 10 years to be able to do something like this i mean 10 years i mean can you imagine what could have been done in 10 years I mean, like, then again, this is something that's not in every part of the world. That seems to be mostly, like, a Western issue and apparently a Desi issue. <laughs> but, like, one of the hosts, she says, she grew, like I mentioned, grew up in Malaysia and there are other countries in the world where that's a thing. Women are there, they're present, they're learning, they're teachers, they're scholars, and it's totally fine. Like, I want to be in that place, honestly. 100% why you? wouldn't you like I think you would you would forego so many luxuries in life if only you could just be accepted for who you are if you could just feel normal and like another human person and I feel that way like yeah. as a Muslim too like you know like looking at the west and alhamdulillah all the things that we're able to do here but sometimes I just want to be in a place where I can just be Muslim just just be Muslim unapologetically Muslim just be like this is my spot and I feel this is probably one of the reasons why we just love Hajj and, and, you know, like, Medina and Mecca so much. Because we can just be Muslims there. I've never been there, but that's how I imagine it to be. No one is saying anything. I if you're sitting waiting. there with your hands in the air, you're making dua, no one's looking at you funny. Because they know waiting. exactly what's going on. I'm waiting for them to start being specifically, this is where the women do tawaf, and that is where men do tawaf. No, they can't do that because that was not the prophetic way. Oh, I wonder why, Samimaji. <laughs> oh my God, I wonder why. But they still say, though, that, that there is, um, unfortunately, even in that sacred space, there are people who... Of course. Of course. Treat women wrongly. Absolutely. No doubt about it. It's, well... That's Problems everywhere. Exist everywhere, exactly. I just wish that we could like punch them right then. Mm. That would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just a want someone to fish. say this to me, just so I can look at them like they're the most ignorant human being on earth. There but is, I don't ever want to experience it, though. There is this beautiful Quran reciter that I just came across on Instagram. It was a reel that I heard, and I was like, "What?" And she was a woman reciting so beautifully. This is the second one that I've heard. Honestly, I think. In my whole life. I was doing a program for Sunnah Living where we were memorizing Surah Mulk and, and Surah Sajda. And uh, that was a year, two years ago now, I think. And I asked at that time. And I was like, hey, is there anyone um, that has recordings available that I can get? I can contact them. Because I wanted for the program to have a female voice. Because that was important to me. I didn't want male reciters. I want a female reciter. It was a sister, sisterhood thing. And no one really could direct me to a lot. There was one person who directed me to, to one. 
Um, but I don't know. I was not able to get much information there. But like, I it was just sad that it should have been like, oh yeah, check her out, check her out, check her out, check her out. But it wasn't like that. It was like mm. really rare. No, a lot of people knew a struggle. Yeah, but alhamdulillah, like when I just heard this this you know sister. Her voice is so beautiful. I'm gonna, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it, I'll have to share that with you guys, inshallah, and in the podcast notes. But really, don't deprive women, and don't deprive yourself. If you're a woman, don't deprive yourself. Seek those reciters out, or seek the scholars out. Seek those people out who are putting the, the women out, who are putting themselves out there. Seek them, support them, give them the space that they need and respect that they need. And really, that's just opening up more channels for more women to be able to do that. It's a start. That's something that you can do and get started with. Absolutely, I don't think yeah. that's the end goal. Like I said, it needs to come from the majority, but yeah, you need it needs to start to come, somewhere. It needs to come from top down. But but you know, like if you watch the Akin Institute's Ramadan program, they included males and females as their guests, and I loved it. I didn't know any. Mostly, I didn't know any of them. But that wasn't at me because apparently they've been showing up because other people knew about it. I didn't know about it. Um, so, so there's a lot of that too. Like, I don't know a lot. Like, I know there's happening. Um, but it's all so wonderful. So wonderful just to see sisters and, and ustadas and sheikhas owning it. Well, I hope this episode gave you more reasons to be proud of being a woman and to assert your rights when you know that your rights are being violated. Actually, learn because your rights are being violated, and you probably don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I hope that encourages everyone just to know that there is a space for you in Islam. Not because I'm saying it, not because people nowadays have been saying it, but because Allah has legislated and opened up that space. Yeah, Islam gave women rights. Islam gave women a place. Islam gave women a voice. Islam honored women. And it should still, and it should still, and inshallah, maybe work towards that as a community. Yeah, if we can just, if we even have little pockets of that, I would be okay with that for now. Just little pockets, here and there, that's fine. And eventually, the truth spreads. The truth always spreads, and truth always wins. So, that is my hope. Inshallah, if you guys know anyone that we need to be made aware of, like a fantastic yes. other sheikha. Sheikha reciters specifically for me personally, I want to listen to Quran reciters who are female. And yes, let us know what your favorite sheikhas are. I know everybody knows Tala Yasmin Mogahed. Yes, but I need to know more. <laughs> Give me more sheikhas because she's awesome. I want more. Go to Instagram, communicate, contact Hashtag us. Matcha talk. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. And hopefully that can be a place where other people can also see women exist. And yes, they also exist in Islam. And yes, they do have rights. <laughs> they do all these things, inshallah. We will talk to you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.